1: Hello, and welcome to Blizzard Watch, where I try really hard not to keep my voice from cracking today. I guess I'm going through puberty, I'm sorry. I'm Matt, I'm the host. With me this week are two fantastic co-hosts. First up, he's Mitch. He's going to talk about Animal Crossing. I can't stop him. I've tried, guys. I've tried.
2: What are you up to, Mitch? Well, there were new animals added in Animal Crossing this week, so getting my reputation up with them... um, also, I'm on the the rank 5 of the Elegant, the second one, so like the stagecoach or cart or whatever. I'm building that. Um, and then I have a whole other set of things to build. Outside of that, though, in Blizzard World, um, I actually I fired up Diablo uh, like Friday, or not even Friday, last week. Um, I don't know why, just kind of on a whim. And I started a, a Demon Hunter, just to see how it was. And it it's okay, it's not my favorite so far, but I still got a long ways to go. I don't know if I'll play it much.
1: I would think yeah, if you like Shadow Priest, you'd probably try Witch Doctor or uh
2: Witch Doctor Necromancer. was my very first one. Um, and when I say very first, I mean like release. So I haven't done Witch Doctor proper since it's, you know, it probably felt a lot different back then. But I have done Necromancer and I absolutely love Necromancer. Um, but I just I wanted to give Demon Hunter a try and see what it was like. But it's it's OK. It's not my favorite so far, but I'm waiting to see if that changes all right, cool. Also with
1: us this week, uh, she does practically everything, everywhere, at all times. She is watching you like an all-seeing figure of myth. Uh, and Stickney, yeah, and what's up?
0: Hi, Mitch. It's a carriage. It's a carriage. It's so, a okay. fairy tale carriage. It's not I a stagecoach.
2: I couldn't remember off the top of my head. Give also, I a have a
0: level three carriage in my town, and I'm working my way up to level five so I can get that sweet, sweet castle. Anyway, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we're so cool. We're nerds. I've also been playing Pokemon Go again, weirdly enough. It just kind of picked up again. My sister was like, hey, you want to go? You're trying to
1: get that? Are you trying to get that one that's, like, disguised as other ones? Ditto? Ditto.
0: Oh, I have two dittos already. I have to actually catch another one because I'm doing... Yeah, I was
2: going to say for the legendary chain.
0: Yeah, I'm doing the quest chain for um, Mew 2. No, Mew, excuse me. Mew Mew 2 is at a raid, which I haven't been invited to. I just figured out how to do raids and stuff. It's been a while since I played, but my sister was like, hey, do you want to go hit up some Pokestops? And I was like... Okay, because I hadn't actually, like, touched it in a while. so I'm um, the
2: too- car loser. We're hitting Pokestops
0: <laughs> on Argus. <laughs> on Argus, yes. Uh, anyway, no, I got I actually got my second Legendary Pokemon today. I got a Moltres, oh, nice. no, a Zapdos, excuse me. Um, I had a Moltres, and then I got a Zapdos. I'm super excited about that. But that's, like, beyond the point. So World of <laughs> Warcraft, I've been working on my Nightborne, but I've been doing this thing where... I will log on I will Grind out a level and then I'll log Back off again so I'm only doing it like a level At a time so it's kind of slow going But it's mostly because I'm like I'm reaching that point where it's like I've Done all of these places and all of These yeah. quests and everything like a million million Times and I'm kind of bored Of doing them again so what I'll do is I'll Like I'll I'll throw like a Podcast or something up on my second Monitor or like a TV show While I'm working on it but once I ding then i go ahead and i just log back out so that my rested xp comes back up again it doesn't take very long to go from level to level um but yeah i'm just dreading the day that i'm going to have to go to (laughs) draenor because i don't want to go i have been told though that um you can get up to i well okay so it's level is it level 80 that you have to go
2: Level 80 is Cataclysm or Pandaria.
0: Okay, yeah, so it's level 90 that you have to go. Um, Is it 90 or is it 85? I
2: think it's 90.
1: because you. Yeah, because 85 was Pandaria originally.
0: There was that, yeah, there was that stupid 5-level thing that they did for a while there, and now they're just doing 10 levels, which I appreciate. Anyway, so I have been told that you can hit, like, level 92 or 93 or something like that if you just keep going in Pandaria or wherever... Um, you don't have to go to Draenor immediately. You could just do quests out there. It's not going to get net you the same amount oh. of XP, but you're where you want to be. And then you can go to Draenor for a couple of levels, but at level 98 or so, it should let you do the intro to Legion stuff. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I and that. I was like, if that's the case, cool. That means that I don't have to spend very much time in Draenor at all. And I'm okay with that. So I'm going to try that out. And hopefully that'll make the transition a little bit easier. Because I'm just not looking forward to it. I'm just not. I. It's not that I don't like leveling in Warlords of Draenor. I really liked leveling in Warlords of Draenor. I liked it so much that I did it a lot.
2: And now you're burnt
0: out. And now I'm burnt out. And I really don't want to do it again. Yeah, <laughs> this <laughs> yes. is why...
1: This is why I wish I was playing a Horde a little bit. Yeah. Because I never did Frostfire Ridge.
0: Oh. Oh. It's kind of fun. So
1: I could do Frostfire cool Ridge, and that would be a new zone to me. See, and it my would be problem be like, oh, is, I've never seen that this before.
0: I leveled up like crazy multiple times over on both Alliance and Horde. So it's all of it. Like, i am just. I've done all of it several times over.
1: Yeah, my. my i don't even know how i managed to get my my torn warrior up to like left right now he's like 110 yeah i don't remember doing him in Drenor at all i know i did but i have no memory of it so i must have done frostfire ridge at least once because it wasn't flex stuff you had to do them in a certain order to a degree yeah um but i don't remember it like frostfire ridge i remember the end of frostfire ridge the end cinematic but i don't remember the zone. Like it's it's like it didn't happen. It's it. kind of scattered
0: huh. and kind of a little all over the place. So I don't really blame you for that because it's it's not as coherent as say Shadow Moon Valley, which I absolutely loved leveling in until I got tired of leveling in it. But I still love it out there because it's just really pretty. Um, yeah, it I'm is, a sucker it has a for lot of zones. that open space. I'm that a, I really like. I'm just I'm a supper, sucker for zones with like good aesthetics. And for me, good aesthetics is like. Make everything green and growing and pretty. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not a huge fan of deserts. I'm not. I'm definitely not a huge fan of like barren winter wa- wonderlands, like wastelands. Have you done whatever. a lot of
2: Zolazar in the beta?
0: Um. Yeah. Oh, Zoldazar is so pretty. Okay, I, I was going to say
2: that. You, if if you like that kind of stuff, you'll love. It's Zoldazar. so pretty.
0: I'm like, ooh, you can walk under the trees, like the roots come out of the ground, and you there's like tunnels and things. Yeah. No, it's it's <laughs> rad. <laughs> I love it out there. Anyway, I think I babbled on long enough.
1: Alrighty, we'll move on to some top stories then. uh First up, I guess we're going to mention this one really fast. Because there's not a lot to say about it other than the new cult here druid form, the travel form was uh, announced. They've they've it's been data mined. Uh, it is super creepy. I mean, if you've been looking at, and I mean that as a compliment here. I, I one of the things I'm really fond of for both the Zandalar and Cult druids that we're getting in uh, Battle for Azeroth is that they have completely flipped the script on the aesthetics of the class. The Zandalar have the whole dinosaur. Looking forms that they're, they're all creepy dinosaur models that I like quite a bit. Um, creepy isn't the right word. I was, because I'm still thinking of the Colterra Druids. Colterra Druids have these wicker man. Like I actually called it wicker punk in the article because that's what it looks yeah, like. To me.
2: One of the Q commenters was like, Oh, he coined a new term and I love it. Yeah. Like wicker wick- punk.
1: It, they, they're like, you know, all wicker and skulls and stones and stuff. It's all, it's messed up looking because it fits the uh, aesthetic of the hags that we're seeing. Uh, if you've yeah. done Drustvar, it fits their aesthetic quite a bit. Star's I'm I'm so good. I don't I don't really want to play a druid all that bad. Like I straight up never been all that big a fan of the class. But these two versions are making me think about it. Like I'm seriously considering how am I gonna get? I need to get a horde to like one twenty fast so I can get Xandalar unlocked once we know how to do that, so I can get a Xandalar druid because there's no way I'm not gonna tank at least one dungeon as giant turtle monster. There's just yeah. no way.
2: You actually feel the pretty much the exact same way I have. I, druids the like one class I've never fully leveled to an expansions cap.
0: Druids are fun. Yeah. but
2: but seeing the the coltern and the Zandalari Druid forms, I'm like, all right, yep, this is my time. This is when I do it.
1: Yeah I, I really like that they've got their own unique aesthetic and their own unique take on Druidism and that doesn't seem to have anything to do with the Cenarian circle that it makes it its own thing I really like that I think they look really good and the Kul aesthetic in general is really um but they the druids definitely borrow from the dress mobs it's it's oh
2: yeah and I again I think I said this once before but like when I saw the the Zandalari forms the first time I was like oh my god there's no way the the culturan druid forms are gonna like even come close to topping this but now that I've seen them I'm kind of like oh I, do I want two druids now because they're just yeah. druids are I, fun.
0: I, they're, they're... I
2: love the drusvar aesthetic, like, and that is what the druids are.
1: Yeah, it's very, it's it's its own unique thing that you're not going to get in any other druid. And quite frankly, it makes me want them to do this with other druids. Like, I want them to beef up the differences between, yeah. say, night elves and Torin and trolls and Worgen. Can uh, I
0: just w- say, for the record here, after having run around in Colterus for however long? Um, and the same actually applies to Xandalar, but mostly Kul I want every single piece of clothing that the NPCs are wearing. <laughs> <laughs> I want all of, like, the fancy coats and the cool shirts. Like, I want all of... Can we... Do we get cosmetic sets of these things? Because I... Really need well, the, all the of culture from, and all the culture and heritage wardrobe.
2: armor is like that long coat. Yeah, but I, that's I, I just hope like we get one, more outside of the heritage stuff. I was gonna
0: say that's just like one thing. If if there is somebody in Culturas that opens a clothing shop over in Boralis, if 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 some tailor opens up a clothing shop over in Boralis, I will spend all my money at that store. Like that's that's where my million gold will go. Is just do that store. They're gonna name give the NPC me all after of, just, just give me all of that stuff. Give yeah, me the, everything. A, all the hats, too, yeah. all the everything. <laughs> yeah,
1: the, I'm I'm not a huge fan of tricorner hats. It's just generally not my thing. I think it's because I grew up in New England, where they're still kind of considered somewhat of a thing. And I was always like, these things are dumb. But <laughs> I'll say this much: the uh, there's a couple uniforms. Like they have the the they found a leather set. I guess we might as well just move into this. There's a they've done a lot of data mining on on uh, gear sets and so forth, and one of the gear sets is coming from the dungeons is a leather set that is basically, it is like pirate. I don't know what else to call it. It's a pirate outfit. Um, it is basically a pirate outfit with the tricorner hat and all the trimmings. Um, they they've they both Cultiris and and Zandalar have their own aesthetic that they're showing in a lot of different ways, and I do I do think the clothing is cool. I do think they should borrow more from it especially for cloth and leather sets which you often don't get anything interesting like a lot of cloth sets are just here's another robe looking thing and there's no reason a cloth set couldn't be a pair of breeches and a pirate
2: shirt you know what i mean yeah blizzard's like, definitely expanded the uh the fashion in battle for azeroth and i think that's really really cool and I hope they, they continue have, to do it.
0: But if it's all on NPCs and I can't put it on my character's body, then I don't care. I want well, yeah, it for me. Yeah.
2: <laughs> like, no, and I, when I when I say expanded, I mean um, some of the like data mine stuff that yeah. players can put on. But yeah, yeah. I I definitely do. Some I, of that I, stuff I, is
0: cool too. Don't get me wrong. Like it's not like there's not really good. I love the leveling gear in Colterus. I think that the art that like. It's really, really pretty. But again, I'm going to go back to Zandalar too. Because I love the sets in Zandalar when you're leveling. I, I haven't seen... All I've seen is the leather. Because all I've been playing on the alpha slash beta is a rogue. So I haven't seen what the mail or the plate options look like yet. Or the cloth. All I know is... The leather stuff looks real good. I like <laughs> it a lot. And everything that I'm seeing on the NPCs, all of the NPCs have these really gorgeous outfits. And I'm like, is there some place I can buy all of these? Like, anywhere. Just, like, I will spend all my gold on them, please. Because it just seems to me that it's kind of a waste to put all of those really good, good, good clothing models on NPCs and not let us have any of it. I want all of it.
1: Yes. I think we're all in agreement. Yeah. Give us give us your looks. Yes. Uh, Okay, I'm going to move on to the Heroes of the Storm comic Rise of the Raven Lord, because that was something that Mitch had first talked about and then Alex did the uh, post on it. Uh, This is a departure in that it's lore for Heroes of the Storm. It's an actual, like, the comic is set entirely within the Heroes of the Storm universe. It's that game. It's not it's not a WoW story. It's not a StarCraft story. It's not an Overwatch story. So uh, I haven't got a chance to read this yet, but I'm positive one of you guys probably has. So. I,
2: I took a look um, actually like an hour or so ago. And did you take a look at it at all?
0: Yeah, it feels very um, exposition, for want yeah. of a better word. It, it feels like... And, and I think the... that a lot of it has to do with the fact, though, that they are dipping their toes into lore in Heroes mm-hmm. of the Storm for the first, like, not not just, oh, ha let's put a bit of flavor lore on this skin that we're releasing, and we'll, you know, we'll put, like, a paragraph of whatever history from whatever weird alternate universe that this thing is from. Those are cool. I like reading all of that stuff. Um, this is their first kind of attempt at, like, a narrative-style lore that kind of like, world-building sort of thing. Um, so I don't expect it to be super elegant right off the bat, but right now it just... it The comic felt really kind of exposition-y to me.
2: It was... It also seemed really short, and a lot of... Like, I was reading some of the Reddit com- uh, comments on the comic, and they were kind of like, is, is there more? Like, uh, that was, you know... I I kind of don't really understand entirely what's happening. Like, there's a couple hints of, you know, future events here and there. But it, yeah, expositionary. Exp, expo, is that what you said? Uh,
0: Exposition. Yeah, it just yeah. feels very exposition-y. Yeah. Um, where it's, it's like...
2: It's interesting to see them do this. Um, But they did... It, it did they feel had this...
0: short, too. It ended kind of abruptly. But I think this is just, like, the first issue, and there's going to be more issues over the course of the yeah, year.
2: Yeah, I, I am hoping that the... More issues uh, come out faster than, and someone kind of joked. Um, Overwatch lore does. Because uh, <sighs> <laughs> if this is all we get each time, then it's going to be a, a long year. But um, they did say it, they had like a developer interview. It was like the creative director and the game director, I believe, um, yeah. talking to each other. And they were like, you know, let us know what you think. If, if you like, like, we're excited about this, but you know, they did mention, hey, if you want the old heroes of the storm back, you know, let us know. Just give feedback. Um, so I, I'm saving judgment. I think the like you said, the initial outing felt felt like exposition. It was pretty brief, but I'm interested to see what they do because having story in what they describe as a universe of universes, it's inherently complicated i think It
0: sounds like it could be super cool though and i mean there is potential with what we've been given here i just i feel like as far as the the writing goes it was a little bit like i said it felt kind of exposition i loved don't get me wrong it's not that I didn't like the comic because I thought the artwork was phenomenal. Oh, the art It's gorgeous. It's super, super gorgeous. And I'm interested in knowing more about the characters that were presented here. It just, it felt a little bit kind of confusing to me. Um, the yeah. idea of a dark ne- nexus is sort of interesting and it kind of ties into, and I guess this is another talking point, the whole dark nexus skins that they're coming out with, which is cool because yep. they're, you know, they're tying that into this. That's neat. Um I just, I want to see more of this. Um, I think the other thing that kind of bothered me, and really it's no fault of anyone's, um, it's just me being me, is I wish there were more pages in this. Because it's just like a ten-page comic, and I think two of those pages yeah. are like the introduction yeah, uh, <laughs> and the credits. It, <laughs> it's, it's like the front page short and the enough. credits, and then eight pages. Yeah. You know,
1: it's short enough that I just read it. Yeah. Let's
0: put it that way. Yeah. While you guys were talking about
1: it, I just sat down yeah. and read it. So it's, it's it does not take long to get through. It's it's real fast. It's it's a um, quick
0: little comic. It's not like super involved. The yeah, art style it, is
1: beautiful. I mean, it's it's a oh, gorgeous sure. comic. Um, um, and.
0: It does so also far. kind
1: of make me curious about what they're going to do with the if they're going to have more Dark Nexus skins because I we've hope only so, seen three. Those are,
0: dude, those are cool. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they look that really was, neat.
2: That was something a lot of people were <laughs> kind of upset about is that they saw the Dehaka one and they're like, "Oh my god, we're getting a Dehaka skin like this because um, they'd only previewed the uh, the Alarak and Gul'dan ones." Um, but then, spoilers: Dehaka gets kind of killed ish in the comic so that's why there's no dehaka skin but people are hoping that actually becomes a skin um it's i I think the the dark nexus like the in-game stuff is super freaking cool um because they they've changed the background for like when you're um waiting for a match they've added you know obviously the dark nexus skins that we were talking about um and i'm just yeah it's it's really cool looking but the the comic itself was I, I don't want to be mean, but it, it was a little underwhelming, and parts of it felt kind of like tropey. But it's the it's the very first issue, and uh, they have lots of lots of room to do stuff because it's the Nexus, and here is the storm, and that's sort of their whole thing. They, they I would kind like of have to do... all
0: the room in the world to work with here, so yes. it's fine. I think it's just I... presentation, you know. Yeah.
1: Once we get to see some of the other the other realm lords too, because he should they, sh- they 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 introduce them in this kind of he's yeah. all staring at them and thinking fools so you know hopefully' we'll, maybe they'll break out more personality for those guys
0: it's all but, about uh, the whole round rel- narrative building thing they're just they're just starting out with this so I'm cutting them a lot of slack here because and- it baby steps. It's fine. Yeah. We all have to start somewhere and honestly I thought that the comic was pretty good for like a first attempt at something and I'm interested in seeing it got me interested enough that I do want to see the next few comic issues and see what happens next and I do want to see how this all ties into Heroes of the Storm content over the course of the next year because the whole yeah. idea of having an ongoing narrative in a game that is so kind of pieced together like Heroes of the Storm is I'm kind of fascinated by that idea, so I'm interested in seeing where it goes from the, here.
2: The comic also hints at uh, kind of two things. There's there's a moment where he's looking at what I'm assuming to be like a nexus portal opening to a new reality, uh-huh. uh huh. And that that sounds like it could be either a new set of maps or just a, a single new map, kind of like uh, you you saw Mecha Stormwind, you know, during the the Mecha event. Um, like that world where all those mecha things come from, or it could be something totally, totally new. And then it also hints at like this crazy invasion thing that's about to happen to the Nexus as a whole. Um, and either one one of those could be a map or a set of maps, and the other, the latter, could be like an event sort of thing. Um, so it's it's cool to see it hinting towards stuff that could potentially happen in game, especially. And if they tie it together well, I think that would be awesome. I, I would say. I I like Heroes because it's silly and the comic was anything but silly which is not a bad thing for the world that it's taking place in. Ravencourt and the Raven Lord all seem relatively serious people and things, places and whatnot but uh, there's a lot of room for silly and I think Hearthstone embraces it's silly and I think Heroes of the Storm definitely has room to do that as well and I, I hope we see that in the future ones.
0: Here's my question for you Mitch because you do play Heroes of the Storm fairly frequently. If these comics and this narrative that they're building results in new heroes that are completely original to the Heroes of the Storm IP. Would you be okay with that? If they suddenly started adding completely original new heroes instead of pulling from a different Blizzard title.
2: Yeah, I, I would be okay with that. I, like, like if they added the Raven Lord as a character or not someone... Not even the Raven Lord, even, but no, like... not the Raven Lord. If they, if he they pulled had like, in
0: some, like, really cool members of the Raven Court or something like that. Yeah,
2: well, he had, like, a servant or something, like, Naveen or Naveena. I, I can't remember the exact name. But, um, yeah, I, I'd be totally fine with that. I mean, I, I still want more skins for some of the existing heroes. Someone pointed out that this would have been a great chance to give Ragnaros more than a, hey, this is a slightly different shade of orange. Skin, um, and I agree there, but yeah, if if we get Ooh, original, a dark co- nexus
0: Ragnaros would look ex- really cool. Exactly, and that's it's like
2: like the the Alarak and the gold skins are freaking amazing. Like props to whoever made those, and props to the entire design. But I want more. Like that's they're so good that I want more. And Ragnaros would have I been could see a perfect that with one like
0: that. with like that kind of like shattered rock crystal base or yeah. whatever, and then it's just like black and red swirl. it'd be really cool looking
2: yeah um but yeah back to your question if we get original characters uh, mm-hmm. totally i mean because blizzard has you know a lot of characters that i, I would love to see in the game but uh, honestly what makes me play most of the heroes is the mechanics and are they fun to play like there are a few that I, I play because they're their heroes. Like I was excited for Kel'Thuzad because it was Kel'Thuzad. I love playing as Alarak because it's, he's Alarak and he's a egomaniac who's freaking hilarious in his uh, just kind of snarkiness. But you know, some of the other heroes, like I, I'm not that invest as invested in. Rather, um, and they're just fun to play because they're fun to play. All right.
1: Uh, right now, though, ian has got something to talk to us about. So if you don't mind, Anne.
0: Yeah. If you enjoy our show, you should consider checking out CuriosityStream at blizzardwatch.com slash curiosity. With CuriosityStream, you can watch over 1,500 science, history, tech, and nature documentaries wherever you happen to be. In other words, it's kind of like Netflix, but just for documentaries and education. Um, don't let the education thing fool you. There are some really good documentaries available and out there. And some stuff that's just like completely crazy. I my favorites are always the ones that are like about voice acting and animation and that kind of thing, you know, because that's my jam and I like watching that sort of stuff. But there's a little bit of everything on Curiosity Stream. Uh, they also have a ton of original educational programming, like Stephen Hawking's Favorite Places. You can try the service with a one week free trial and subscriptions. They start at just two ninety nine a month. New shows are added every week, so it's kind of worth sticking around. Again, you can find them at blizzardwatch.com slash curiosity and every new subscription helps support our show and everything that we do.
1: Alright, well thank you very much Ann. Um, next thing we're gonna talk about is this uh rework to Symmetra that they're doing over at Overwatch. This is a pretty significant rework.
2: Oh yes it is
1: um they're not just tweaking her, she's changing roles. Bye like bye from, support. Yeah, from support to defense. Uh, even somebody like me who doesn't actually play Overwatch all that much knows how big a deal this is. So you guys want to like talk about exactly what they've been talking about? or
0: Mitch, you wrote this one up. Can you go over the details?
2: Yeah. Okay. So uh, forgive me. I can't remember off the top of my head entirely, but um, they are making her ultimate, I believe, is going to be um, the shield generator, but I think she can. Is it the shield generator? Let me back up. Her uh, Her sentry turrets. The ones that, you know, she places on walls right now, she gets, like, six charges of them. They recharge fairly quickly, and I think she can have six down at once. Um, those are becoming a projectile, uh, and they describe them as a straight-line projectile, so sort of a slower version of Farrah's uh, rocket, rockets, I guess. Um, and those are going to, you know, she can projectile, throw them, whatever, shoot them across the map at a, at a distance. So... Rather than needing to be like standing on top of where she wants to put her, I think the achievements called car wash because you step into a room and just get obliterated by them. Yeah. Um, she can shoot them from across the map, which means like if if she's on if she's hiding behind a corner, she can kind of peek out and then shoot it at the payload, for example, um, and it will stick to the payload. And right now they have it so uh, they can't be shot out of the air, but they are debating that one and as, as a note all of this is still very much work in progress this was uh jeff goodman went on the forums and was kind of discussing this because it came out in an interview that she was switching to uh defense and people were kind of wanting more info so this is all very much work in progress internal stuff that could change but right now they a projectile there's only three charges but he mentioned them being roughly twice as strong as her existing one so even though there's three charges It'll kind of balance out, and you won't have to spend time setting up turrets that could just be, you know, get exploded with AOE. They have 30 HP, which, uh, you know, significantly more than the one HP they have now. So they have a little more staying power than, you know, Junkrat shooting a mine or uh, whatever you want to call it into a room full of them and destroying them all. Um, her main attack is also becoming a straight line beam that I. I want to say they said it could go a little farther, but it does not lock on to um, other it does not lock on to players like it does now. but it it's stronger. It takes a little more time to ramp up um, and it it does more damage overall. And then her alternate fire is it's kind of like the shield barrier she has now, except when it hits something, it's going to explode. and their their aim, at least at the moment, is to have the the main attack, like, Say it hits you. It's going to do most of the damage to you, and then the the explosion damage will be slightly less.
0: So it's kind of like impact damage, and then an AOE.
2: Yeah, exactly.
0: Okay. Um, or splash damage, I guess, if you want to yeah, call it that. Yeah, splash
2: damage, impact okay. AOE, whatever. And then I I'll, I'll have to look up the ultimate in a second. But what what has me most excited is the fact that they're giving her teleporter. Um, they're putting it on her E. Which means that she can, you know, she can use it more often. But they're they're putting it so it, it places at her feet rather than the spawn zone, and she can place it up to I believe twenty five yards away. So it's shorter cooldown, it, different functionality. But the part that has me excited is that they've mentioned experimenting with what can go through it, um, and they included Junkrat's Rip Tire in that which if you've ever played portal it sounds a lot like oh, that. Oh god. The, so she the can the tire
0: can go through the portal
2: at the moment. Again, this could all change, but uh so theoretically she could be uh on That's top gonna of the building. be sick
0: if that makes it to live. <laughs> she
2: could be on top of the building. So okay, picture um watchpoint Gibraltar. Yeah. You know you know where you go under the little tunnel? Yeah. If if you're escorting the payload, say she's on defense and the enemy team's escorting the payload. She's up top, um, you know, above the bridge. She places her teleporter in that little side room. So, you know, maybe the, the payload's coming around the corner and they don't notice it. The teleporter is at her feet. The exit point is in that little room. Junkrat pops his ultimate up top. So they don't know where he's coming from yet. They look up to see where it is, but it goes through the portal downstairs and then just boom, arrives right on the payload. Oh That's the gosh. sort of thing that they describe. And I think they mentioned uh, Torbjorn turrets and a couple other things, um, but they are experimenting with it. But that is what has me most psyched is because it sounds freaking awesome. The potential
0: like, on that is like yeah,
2: crazy. Yeah, exactly. Um, they, uh, basically, her, her defense kit, it, it's similar. Um style wise like she still has teleporters she still has turrets and I think her ultimate can do a shield Uh, she can't do shields as part of her basic kit right now though which what I'm looking at here is that
0: like photon barrier is going to be the ultimate and instead of placing a moving barrier it's a static barrier wall that affects effectively is infinite in size and has 5000 health and she places it much like May places her ice wall which means you can place it at some range and you can also change the orientation that's okay yeah that, that's nuts. what it
2: was. so that's, that's going to be her ultimate um, but the overall change with her kit is um, she's, she's going to be more of like a bastion or torbjorn in the sense that she doesn't have to be as close as she used to to do yeah what she does. Um, And she's going to be
0: dealing significantly more damage, it sounds like.
2: Yeah, some of it will have a a bigger ramp-up time, but overall the damage will be increased. And she's just, she'll be able to, you know, kind of mess with the team from a distance rather than, hey, I'm setting up all of my turrets. Oh no, someone just rounded the corner, destroyed my turrets. Now I'm in the room with them and I have my, you know, ray beam, which, granted, it was still solidly strong before, but... Uh, It it sounds better, and it sounds like it's not going to be sort of the confusing mix of, well, she's classified as support, but does she really do support stuff? Um, I'm excited. Uh, You know, as someone who—I haven't played Symmetra in ages, and when I do, it's just to set up those car wash-style death rooms— I will definitely be playing the heck out of the reworked Symmetra, and I am so excited to see what plays the pros come up with, if the teleporter projectile thing stays. It's
0: going to be amazing. It, it sounds so cool. Now, keep in mind that all of this stuff is still very much in development, so none of it is actually guaranteed to make live, and they will, you know, they'll be issuing more. Information on that as yeah this this wasn't
2: even like hey this will be on the PTR next week like you know sometimes they'll they'll put up
1: yeah they just like had to say certain... something because they yeah. made that slip and they had to let people people are freaking out they were like what yeah. she's not yeah. she's gonna so... not be support anymore what do you mean you gotta you gotta tell them something come on guys
2: and and part of that they also said was because they they want players to give feedback you know even if they're not necessarily playing they want to give insights into the design process and what they're thinking and. Uh, I love that sort of open communication, and the Overwatch team has been pretty good about that, even yeah. if she's, you know, even if things could change, even if she's not ready for the PTR yet, like, just knowing that this is where they're going with her is really cool.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay. Uh, speaking of Overwatch, however, um, this week we also had a slightly different story. Last um, Back in January, about 13 players in South Korea were arrested for... Uh, boosting, hacking, or otherwise cheating in in Overwatch, which is against the pretty strict laws of South Korea.
0: It's a and big it's, no-no in South Korea.
1: And this week, uh, two of them got their you know punishments. They, they they were you know given handed down a one of them got a fine that co- equates to about ten thousand US. I forget the exact amount in in Korean money, but ten it's,
0: million won.
1: You <laughs> ten million won, and uh, oh, the other wow. one got got two years probation. Uh, which basically means you got jail time, but you don't actually serve it, but it's on your record. Uh, that's a pretty big deal for cheating in a video game. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's a, you know, in, in the United States, the, this is not illegal as such. You would not be arrested for it. Um, so, yeah. South Korea takes it pretty seriously, and Blizzard was working with them to to help catch these people in the first place. So I, if, Keep in especially mind if, that
0: the reason that South Korea takes this so seriously is because... South Korea, I don't know if you all have noticed, but they are really big on the whole international gaming scene. Like, it's a big what? deal in South Korea. <laughs>
1: yeah. <This> is, <laughs> it is a, this is a big is a major deal. <laughs> e- This is a major economic thing in, in yeah, South Korea. It, it's, it's a force.
0: It, it's a big thing. It's way bigger than it is probably almost anywhere else in the world, really. It's a big thing out there. So um, they have had... A lot of problems with hacking and botting and all of that other stuff, and they're really cracking down severely on it because this isn't just a ha ha, you're playing a video game. This is you know stuff that affects the economy and stuff like it's. This is this is you deflated deal.
2: the footballs in the.
0: It's a big deal. Yeah. This is uh, also. <laughs> we point it. Out, anyway, <laughs> We
1: should point out too that uh, in this particular situation, that the law was actually older than last year, but last year they increased the penalties because they, they felt that the law didn't have enough teeth. This is one of the biggest tests of those penalties <laughs> they've ever put out. Uh, it's and three in the test guys, this is like, we're still going to, we still have to wait to see what the other 11 people get, but keep in mind that people who are like professional overwatch players, even overwatch league players have run afoul of, of these exact offenses. Um, one player, Got the entirety of his you know debut season. He didn't. He got suspended for like forty games for botting, which is not botting. Uh, boosting, which is when he play you play Overwatch on someone else's account and win a lot because you're a better player than they are. He boosts and their boosts, account essentially. Yeah, it boosts. It makes them look better than they are. Uh, one player got suspended for half the season for that. Um, so there is. This is something that Blizzard takes seriously. That South Korea takes very seriously, and that is especially now that we're moving into the Overwatch League, you're going to see as as much more aggressive... um, I don't want to say prosecution because Blizzard doesn't prosecute things, but you're going to see very aggressive pursuit of whatever penalties they can cause by companies like Blizzard. Blizzard wants this Overwatch League to be a real thing. And so far it is. It's pretty big. And this is how you keep it from getting denigrated. Uh, You're going to see this. You're going to see more... People getting as much as Blizzard can throw at them. You'll probably see lawsuits in countries that don't have laws like this. They, they, pro- people probably will get sued, um, especially if they're on the professional level or trying to be. So yeah, this was a big deal. And I'm sorry, ten thousand bucks is not. I mean, that's. I saw that and I was like, my God, uh, I, I can't imagine. I would, I would be destroyed. So yeah, don't
2: don't cheat or or do yeah. drugs. Yeah. So that's that's
1: pretty much it for top stories. Uh, <laughs>
0: I Never really got the philosophy behind boosting in a game like overwatch because the thing is 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 like yeah it makes your record better and it kind of artificially inflates your rank or whatever but it also means that when you go to play your account you're not as good as the person that was boosting you so you're not going to have any fun because you're going to be matched against people that are going to vastly outplay you like what's the point i think it's just to get stuff the, just
2: the to cosmetic, get stuff. the yeah. gold. It's. I mean, in Overwatch, it's the golden weapon. I think is. Uh, and season rewards. I don't even know what you get. Season rewards. It's just
0: not even worth it. It's not even yeah. worth it. Why would you do that? <laughs> don't do that. I don't guys. know. Um, just don't do that.
2: But before we move on, uh, Alora did point out in chat that one week from today, which is you know the recording day, uh, May ninth is when BlizzCon tickets first go on sale. Yes. So we're yep. we're getting close.
0: Also, um, just as a side note, speaking of Overwatch, the Rialto map will make its debut tomorrow, I believe. Yeah, yeah.
2: tomorrow. It's tomorrow on yeah. every platform. Thur- Thursday, the th- the third.
0: Yeah, tomorrow. Um,
2: so
1: if you're listening to this recorded today or yesterday,
0: go play it,
2: or be playing it, or don't. I'm, I'm not here to tell what you do, tell you what to do.
1: But yeah, okay. Well, we'll with that. <laughs> Uh, we'll move on to emails um, if you have an email for the show please send it to podcast at com with the subject line podcast or blizzardwatch so we know it's for this show and uh, Anne usually reads them for us so she's going to do so for us now if you don't mind it.
0: okay first email is from Resme as in resurrect me Troll Resto Shaman from Argent Dawn who says Locktar Watchers I'm wondering about Artifact skins in Battle for Azeroth. We know that the Mage Tower skins will no longer be obtainable come Battle for Azeroth, but I can't seem to find a definitive answer to the other skins. For example, Prestige 1 or the Balance of Power Questline Reward. Can we still obtain all of these skins and color variations during Battle for Azeroth, or are we running low on time to get this done? If we can still get them, will we be able to do so at a higher level than 110, or will there be some restrictions we need to know about? There are too many skins and too little time. If you have time skin and color variation is your favorite Matt can choose or Matt cannot choose a warrior one smiley face thanks for your time may your blades never dull res me. Um,
1: I, don't... I know balance of power is gettable and it's gettable at max level next yeah. expansion
2: it, yeah. wait what no balance of power
1: no it's, it's gettable balance of power is straight up gettable they've said so
2: yeah Oh, that's right. Yeah, all artifact appearances, with the exception of the Mage Tower and Mythic Keystone fifteen challenge appearances, can be yeah. obtained after Legion ends. You, which um,
1: means that you can't if, if you've gotten Mythic Keystone fifteen already, then when you complete Battle Balance of Power, you'll get the special skin for that.
2: Yeah, that's yeah. that's but, what I was mixing up. Yeah, so you have yeah. to do the plus fifteen in the time, um, not just. You know, complete A plus 15 and then have your key expire in the time during Legion. Um, and even if you don't necessarily unlock that skin, you know, because you haven't done balance of power, you can still get that skin as long as that plus 15 is done when you do balance of power later on. But it's it's the Mage Tower and the Mythic Keystone 15 have to be
0: obtained. It's their default skins. They have to be completed.
1: And they've also said that prestige stuff will be account-wide. Comes, yes,
2: come yes. It, the entire honor system is account-wide, and I think we talked about this a couple weeks back, but um, because of that, because your prestige level is account-wide, that means the appearances are account-wide. So uh, if, if you've been working on them on multi- multiple characters this expansion, uh, stop, just focus on whichever character is the highest right now, and you will unlock those when the pre-patch comes out, probably, or when Metal for Azeroth hits. I don't know. Yeah, You only need to work on one character right now.
1: So yeah, of 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 these you know skins and color variations, the only ones you have to worry about are the ones that have already been mentioned. Everything else you'll still be able to get. You'll still be able to get it at 120. Um, they haven't entirely said how since we're gonna our artifacts are effectively not going to work anymore. So I'm not sure like if you can if you have to still have the artifacts on you when you go do these things. I'm uh, that. They I I
2: way. don't think you would have to because. Um... You know, a lot of the ones now, like you don't even have to be in your spec. Like you can do an RBG as a Red paladin and still get the prop paladin RBG requirement done. So I, I think it's just doing the requirements unlocks the appearances. So yeah, I'm, I, just say, I, I'm, I'm just would, saying
1: they haven't said. So no, they, they, that's correct.
2: Yeah. They have not said. I, I doubt that'll be an issue. Like I, I don't know. I don't, we don't know what's happening to our artifacts either. We don't know if we're getting like a yeah. completed that's version true. of them or if. Like, story-wise, they're gone, but character-wise, they're still there. We, we don't know, Hania, that's working. Um, yeah, that has if not they're going been to take mine
0: out of my bags and do something with it, I hope I get a phenomenal amount of gold out of, out of <laughs> doing this. I don't want artifact power, guys. We won't need it at that point. I want gold. What I want so much gold. <laughs> I have a horde. I'm, I just want to add more gold to it. <laughs> You since I,
1: I since I have to sit here and think of one that's not a warrior one, you guys want to do the skins and color variations while I'm thinking?
0: Which one, Mitch?
2: Uh, oh, Matt cannot. Choose. I was like, why do you have to not? She's a warrior one. Ooh, gosh. Um, I really like for my shadow priest. Um, I think it's the challenge mode appearance that it, it has. Uh, the blue and the purple ones. I think the purple one is PvP. Not PvP. It's the ten RBGs. Um, but there's the, the like bluish silver version. That's really cool that I like. And I think that one might be for the myth. That's either mythic keystone or kill Jaden, um, after you've done the challenge, the mage tower, that one I really like because it, it still has like the kind of eyeball thing, but it's, I I don't know. It it looks more sacrificial daggery to me. It's kind of pristine in a way that the others aren't. I just, I really like it.
0: I'm going to be super controversial here. I have seven or eight alts right now at max level. None of them are using their actual artifact appearance. I have transmogged over every weapon.
2: Oh, I I, I have two. Uh, well, actually, there have been a couple times during the expansion where I haven't. Um, but most of the time, yeah, I do just because it fits the rest of my armor better.
0: It's not even that. I just don't really care about any of the appearances. <laughs> okay There's that too. <laughs> particularly the daggers like for my assassination rogue none of the daggers appearances really just appeal to me i'm not really about the flashy glowy weapons and all of them are flashy glowy weapons i think okay i don't play a combat rogue but i love the um alternate appearance the one that looks like um Oh, the fencing foil. I lo- okay. That's, that that's one, one is really, really cool.
2: I need to get that one because that's a mage tower one. Yeah. I really I that like that, that one. I
0: think that one is very cool and very pretty and I like it a lot. Um, I don't play a combat rogue though, so I would never use that appearance because I can't transmog anything over my daggers, but more daggers. Thanks, Blizzard. Okay. Yeah.
2: That, that's another issue I've had. Um, I I looked back real quickly. The reason I like the one I like is because it's like a sickle. I I, I couldn't quite remember, but yeah, it's, it's the sickle one. And it was the, the mage tower plus the, uh, kill Jade and heroic kill. And that one's one of my favorites.
0: And that's pretty cool too. Yeah. And I do, I do, I'll I'll take that back. And I will say that I do enjoy, um, the fist of Rodan on my, uh, elemental shaman. I like that appearance. I think it's really pretty. Um, I, I like that particular artifact weapon because it's not too um, outlandish or anything and it actually like suits my character as because I mean lightning pew pew it works yeah. it just works for me um, as far as the rogue stuff goes I like that that fencing foil looking What is that a rapier is that what you call it
2: yeah yeah
0: anyway yeah. I like the way that one looks I think it looks really cool and I would totally use it if I could but I can't <laughs>
2: Yeah, and that's that's sort of like... I'm collecting these appearances. Uh, mostly, I, I don't even have that many 110s that, that I play. said,
0: I haven't even done the Mage Tower challenge because I just don't care. I don't I don't want those appearances anyway. I don't care. <laughs>
2: there, are, there are some I do want. Like like the, the Outlaw Rogue one, I definitely am trying to get that before Battle for Azeroth. But I know there are some people out there who are like, I am getting all 36 specs done with the Mage Tower before. And, and for me, I'm like why like uh, on the, I just have my other things I'd
0: rather be doing I, I have yeah, other things that I my could main.
2: I'll go for that one um, Demon Hunter is one of the alts I really play I'm going for that one but like characters I rarely ever play just for the appearance nah and, unless it's a super cool one and I have that character like I, mm-hmm. I'm trying to gear up my warlock now for the uh, affliction mage tower because it's a really cool looking scythe but I'm not going to go for the demonology one
0: yeah okay Rossi
1: Well, if I can't pick Warrior Ones, and my favorite one was a Warrior One, but one I like a lot, and it's the Mage Tower one, so I'll never get it on this character, because I just haven't been playing it enough, but the the Death Knight uh, blood artifact, the uh, tanking weapon. It doesn't
0: have to be a Mage Tower appearance, it's just any of the appearances. The one that I chose happened to be the Mage Tower one.
1: (laughs) Same same here, this one happens to be the Mage Tower one, Uh because I don't... I, right now, I quite honestly, I liked tanking on a blood DK fine, but I didn't like the weapons look. I, I thought it looked kind of just didn't look right for me. I don't. It's too dominated by a big screaming skull, and uh, none of them—they're all dominated by a big screaming skull. The one that looks like a scythe, big screaming skull in the middle of it. The PvP one, which is closest to the look I like, uh, big screaming skull. But the mage tower one, I think, is is straight up one I enjoy, even with a big screaming skull in the middle of it, because it has a nice. Serrated. It really looks like something that you'd actually expect a demon to make to kill people with. It, it it works really well for me. I like the color variants. I think it's a good model. Uh But it's obviously no Ashkondi. If, if Ashkondi were were an artifact, then, then that would be done. I would not be talking. <laughs> um, but that, yeah. that, said, that one is you cool. Know,
0: I have looked that up. Yeah, to those people really that cool. are getting like all thirty six appearances from the Mage Tower or whatever props to those guys man oh that's god a yeah a lot of work that's a lot of work
2: i can't imagine doing it on all of the healer specs especially because the healer ones outside of disc and maybe one other that challenge is tough and it's not one you can really out either like that is by far the hardest challenge and I, I think pretty much everybody's in agreement there if they've tried it um so doing that on even one healer is challenging doing it on all of them uh I just, yeah, I, I
0: kind of understand it on problems. the level of you want to do it because it's there. Yeah. You know, oh, it's yeah. sort of like it's the... me like I mean, I've farmed all kinds of crazy stuff over the course of playing this game and it was always, you know, when people are like, "Why are you grinding reputation with that?" or "Why are you looking for that specific armor set?" or "Why are you going to all of that trouble?" The answer was always cuz there and it's something to do. <laughs> it's a challenge. It's like a personal challenge myself, so you know. I mean, yeah. The mage oh, yeah. tower one though, that's like way more su- cuz that takes skill. To do that on 36 different Is it 36 or 38? It's 36 specs. 36. 36. Okay. Um anyway, doing it on that many different specs is just it's it's nuts. That is that is a crazy challenge. So, you know, props to those guys for doing that. Cool. Anyway, uh I think we have time for one more question. Yeah? Yeah. Sure. Okay. Um boy Okay, I'm going to skip the second question here.
2: Okay, I was going to say, I have no opinion on that I don't know anything. Yeah,
0: neither do I. Because I don't play that. So <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's literally nothing legit that I can say about it, which makes me sad. But we're going to go ahead and go to wow, the next I, one. I, I'm,
1: mine's, mine's Beast Mastery, so I guess. Yeah, oh, well.
0: exactly. So let's just go ahead and go to the third question here. Uh, this one is from Luxem, who's a level 110 Shadow Priest on Earthen Ring, who says, Hey, watchers, longtime fan of the show and would love to hear your thoughts on something I've been thinking about for some time. I can't help but think that Blizzard has somewhat written Sylvanas into a bit of a hole. It seems Blizzard is heading the Garrosh route with her, and to be honest, I don't want. Want to see her as a boss in an expansion? But what other routes are there to go with her story? Redemption seems overdone and not to mention difficult for her. Part of me wants to see her slain abruptly at the beginning of the expansion. Oh God! Before we go down the garage 2.0 path. No. What do you guys think? Regards, Luxem. They are not the going to kill Sylvanas Windrunner. I don't. Sylvanas think.
1: Sylvanas is yeah,
0: super she popular. Is way too popular. She is but way I, too popular. This I've is. I've had a uh,
1: theory
2: for years about this. I, uh, I, I think say, say your theory, and then I'll go.
1: I think the worst thing you could possibly do to Sylvanas, the absolute worst thing you could do to her, is make her not undead. Yeah. Like if you raised her from the dead and she was a living high elf again, that would be the absolute worst thing because a she'd suddenly have all her emotions fully working again.
0: Oh, she'd go crazy. Yeah, she has she emotions
1: now. What do you mean <laughs> they don't work properly? And she said so. <laughs> She's yeah. talked about how
2: they're like I'm, yeah, I'm I'm kidding.
1: She she'd feel the guilt of everything she did. She'd remember it all. So she'd remember being killed, Remembered having her soul pulled out, remember being a banshee. All of it. She'd have all of that in her memory. And she'd basically have to go on the run almost immediately because her former people would be trying to find her and kill her and bring her back as quickly as possible because they, you know, half of them are like, oh god, what do we do without Sylvanas? And the other half are like, no, we don't need Sylvanas anymore. You know that the whole Desolate Council thing? So no, no, no. A, yeah, there'd be a lot going on there.
2: The Desolate Council wants her back, though. They're They're not like... Hey, we can work without Sylvanas. They are some of them
1: are, some of them are, some of them aren't. There's just a few hints we've seen. Some of those people are like, you know, let's just make our own decisions. And so some, that, well, of them know, I think,
0: yeah, that weird little preview of before the storm that people got at BlizzCon was the implication was there that there was maybe a contingent that wasn't exactly happy with everything that the Banshee Queen was doing. So yee. the Desolate Council
2: though wants her back. I, that I thought was I don't know. Um I will say, when I was at the media event, I, I asked Ian as Augustus about this because I don't want to kill Sylvanas. I don't want her to be Garrosh 2.0. Um, his answer, you know, while out, you know, he can't outright say no, we're not killing her or yes, we are killing her. He's, he essentially said Sylvanas has been around for a while. She she has always had sort of the same tendencies that she's had or that she has going into battle for Azeroth. Um, whether or not she'll be warchief at the end of the expansion. I don't know, but uh, she's a survivor, um, both because she is a survivor, you know, lore wise, and also because uh, people would flip their stuff if they killed so there, Yeah,
1: they're, they're, there's a strong contingent of WoW players who would be very, very angry. There's a, a large contingent of WoW players who would literally have parties. They'd actually yeah. have parties in their houses, but... You, those people aren't going to stop playing if you don't kill Savanas. Whereas if you do kill Savanas, there are people who will <laughs> unsubscribe right there.
2: My, my theory is that she will just not be war chief, and then someone else will take over. But she won't get killed. Yeah, um, I, yeah. But it, I, it, Ian made it sound like no, we're not going to kill her. That was the impression I got. Um, I, you know, I could be misinterpreting, obviously. But but you
0: can't really take anything that they say at this point in the game. Oh like, yeah. As solid fact, because everything is still kind of malleable at this point. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't think that they do it though. I really don't, because she's way too pop. She's she's one of the most popular characters that they have, and I know you know people are like, but they killed Karen and they killed Volgin. Well, yeah, but those guys did not have the following. Come back to me this, when they
2: kill Thrall. Okay? I was going to say, this would be
0: like killing Thrall. I if they actually sure They, re- thrall they like,
2: retired him, Or but... Malfurion
0: Stormrage or Tyrande or something. No, It'd be along Malphurion. those lines. It'd you be kill long... Malfurion. No one well, likes him. I think that you could, but there are a lot of people <laughs> who are really cool with Malfurion and likes every- like everything that he does. It'd be like killing Jaina. It, yeah, just okay. don't do Jaina, that.
2: Jaina, Jaina <laughs> Thrall, and Sylvanas, I think, are on uh, kind of the same tier. And yes, Thrall is... You know, kind of absent for story reasons,
1: but they I, wrote honestly, him
0: out, not yeah. killed
1: him off. I yeah. honestly feel like you could kill Thrall more easily than you could kill Sylvanas, I, yeah, quite frankly. I same, same Maybe,
0: way. Maybe, but like, I wouldn't want them to do that either. No, 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 I, no I, I don't. I don't no. want
1: you to. I just feel <laughs> like there'd be less of an outrage if they did, and they'd be an outrage. They'd be a huge one. Yeah. um just, it, uh, I would honestly put Sylvanas even above that. No, to, you're not killing her off.
2: To nope. answer the email directly. um I think again. I think she is going to not become war chief. I, I don't think she's going to have a redemption arc because that is not Sylvanas. Sylvanas. I, I think if the writers tried to write her a redemption arc, Sylvanas herself would pop out and say, "No, that's not me. Like, I'm going to do my own stuff." Um, uh, my theory is that she will just go back to leading the Forsaken, um, you know, as a horde leader rather than as horde war chief, and kind of continue to do her thing. Maybe she'll learn a little bit from it, like. You know, so she, so we don't kind of have a repeat of the whole Sylvanas working in the shadows, like, against the Horde. Maybe she'll kind of, you know, gain a little bit of honor and respect for what she's doing while still leading the uh, the Forsaken. But I don't think it's going to be a redemption arc, and I don't think it's going to be a, hey, we got to kill her.
0: I don't necessarily think that she needs redemption, but I think that she needs to have a moment of realization. Yes. Because I think that right now... To me Sylvanas' story has always seemed like she's very focused like laser focused on what whatever thing will work best for her and when she became a forsaken that that laser focus was ba- it was solely focused on the lich king arthas she she wanted her revenge that was it that was like the extent of her game plan and once that was done she figured her time was done, and that's why she tried to throw herself off the frozen. Well, she did. She threw herself off the frozen throne because she was like, "Well, I guess I'm done." And then she <laughs> realized, number one, the only thing that's there after death when you're undead is just blackness. There's nothing. There's 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 the inescapable void, and that was kind of that terrifying. Sure sounds pleasant. That was kind of terrifying. But the other thing that she realized was that. She has this group loyal to her, following her, has all kinds of dedication to her, and if she's gone, they just disappear. There's like a certain sense of responsibility there, and I think that's part of what brought her back. So then her laser focus was on them and how does she ensure their future and make sure that they'll be okay even if she's gone. And I think that she's kind of like... Gotten away from that a little bit here, um, maybe lost the laser focus in battle for Azeroth. Cause she had it, she had it in Legion. That's what she was doing out there in, um, oh my gosh, Storm whatever. Stormheim. Stormheim. Thank you. Um, that's what she was doing out there in Stormheim. That's that the whole deal that she made with Helia and everything to get the lantern. It was specifically so that she could get more Valkyr, so that the Forsaken could continue existing. Because if they don't have anybody to raise them, then they're just eventually going to die out. And they're not going to die out in that whole, oh, we're going to go beyond into whatever is waiting for us. It's, we're going to die out, and we're all going to go to that black, dark, void place, and we're never coming back from it. And that's not something that she really wishes for these people, because there's beneath all of that anger and everything else that she's carrying and it's a legit anger because she had her life robbed essentially and she was shoved into another life that maybe she didn't want at all but she has to deal with it in whatever way she knows and she has these followers that are kind of looking to her for guidance so there's like there's a responsibility there that I don't think that she's she's kind of half grasped it, but I don't think that she's realized just how much they depend on her. Yeah. And then there's this other element going on with that whole thing. And before the storm where, you know, you're talking about the desolate council and everything where there's a group that's like, you know what? Maybe you're not, maybe you don't have our best interests and maybe, maybe we don't need you Sylvanas. And that's kind of disturbing to her too on another level. So it's, I'm interested in seeing what they do with her character because I don't think that redemption is the answer, but I think that that laser focus that she's got is pointed in the wrong direction right now and it needs to be pulled back to where it needs to be. And I feel like the reason the whole reason that it's pointed in the wrong direction is because she was made war chief.
2: Yeah, she's, she's taken, in my opinion she's taken the dedication and the just resolution she had for the Forsaken and she shifted it towards the Horde and that doesn't necessarily align with the standard Horde that most people know and, you know, some of her methods might seem pretty out there Um, but I I think her focus now is on the future of the Horde just as it was the future of the Forsaken at one point. Um, And I don't you know, whether that's a good thing for her the Horde and the Forsaken
0: I feel like that realization that she needs to have though is that what's good for her and the Forsaken isn't necessarily good for the entirety of the Horde.
2: Exactly, yes.
0: And maybe her focus needs to return to her people, the ones that really need her.
2: Uh, yeah, exactly.
0: So, and I, I'm I don't, sort of hoping that's where the
2: story goes. Yeah, I don't know as... how
0: that's going to play out, but I'm interested in seeing it. Rossi, you've been quiet. Do you have anything to add here?
1: Oh, no, I just quite frankly...
0: Sylvanas is one not few... your thing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like Sylvanas
1: as a character, and I've said this before. I don't think she's a good person. Oh, far from it. She's evil incarnate. Yeah. But she's useful. She's a useful character. Everything she's doing in Battle for Azeroth perfectly suits her. It's it's exactly the kind of thing she would do. Um, I think, quite frankly, the Horde needs to get its ass royally kicked this expansion. Beat down. Hurt. So it realizes we can't go on like this anymore. We can't just burn cities to the ground. We can't just wage unilateral war whenever we feel like it. It'll cost us too much. And I think Sylvanas needs to learn that lesson. So that when in the future... When she acts, she'll act with a little bit more subtlety because she's capable of great subtlety.
2: Oh yeah, this is not, really not the. Ex- she worked when she was not the warchief.
1: This is not the expansion for that, and I even get why because Sylvanas' last major battle before she died was against an unbeatable force that she nearly beat. You know, straight up, she nearly beat the Scourge. If there weren't a specific traitor behind the lines of the Blood Elves, I mean the, the High Elves, she would never have lost. She would have held him off and. That's skewed her ever since. She she fights every battle like it's this life or death, we have to win or we'll be destroyed battle. The stuff she says to Sorfang that we can't go over because it's spoilers, but when you read that, you realize she's still fighting that kind of battle. Every battle to her is life or death. That works great against the Legion. That's exactly how you want to fight the Legion. Every battle is life or death when you're fighting the Legion. But not every it's battle like with the Alliance like when she
0: it's... died, she was stuck in that moment
1: yeah exactly and
0: she never moved beyond it
1: she's not fighting the same blonde human prince that she fought last no time. but
0: it's a fight
1: yeah and it's yeah. the fight that she and when she goes into these fights she goes into them this with the same mindset of this is for the survival of our people whoever those people are that kind whether of throws, they're throws. They can...
0: that kind of throws war crimes into a really interesting new sort of dynamic too because when you think about it that way like you said that You know, when she died, she died in the middle of an impossible battle that she was winning. And it's like, that's where she's been stuck, is in the middle of this impossible battle that she's trying to win. Only this one, well, okay, first it was getting revenge against the Lich King, which, you know, taking the Lich King down, that seemed like an impossible task, but they did it. And then the next impossible task is, how do I keep my people from dying out? That's kind of an impossible task because you're looking at a force of undead, and the things that you'd have to do to keep those people going are kind of unforgivable and not at all acceptable in polite society. Um, <laughs> yeah, and,
1: and she's willing to do those things. And she's we saw... willing to do
0: it. She's willing to do it because she's in that fight mode. Like, that's just, that's where that's where her life ended and her unlife began and her unlife is just a reflection of that moment that moment that she died and if you look at it that way it's kind of interesting cuz when you look at in war crimes when she finally got together with verisa and they were talking and everything there was there were like moments there where it seemed like verisa managed to kind of break through a little bit and establish yeah it's okay things can be normal and yeah, Sylvanas so almost yeah. seemed to be kind of falling into that whole idea of it might even be nice if things were a little normal again, of course. And then she was like, well, my version of normal is undead. So you have to die. But I'm not going to tell you. I'm just going <laughs> to let that happen to yeah. you. It'll be OK. You'll forgive me. <laughs> you know? And it got a little weird there. But you realize like that moment that Verisa, that moment that Verisa said, I'm sorry, I can't do this, you know, sent that letter and said, I'm sorry, I can't do this. I have too much to live for. That had to hit like just a wrecking ball to the gut.
1: And you even see it. There's a bit where she like literally goes wild with grief.
0: Yeah. And she, she says Verisa at the beginning says, I've got too many other things I have to live for and what does that leave Sylvanas with? I yeah, have nothing. nothing. <laughs> and, and there's
1: that moment too. I mean we, we, we're already going long here. so We are. But there's <laughs> that moment too where, where when you, Sylvanas and Verisa are first talking. Where Sylvanas even says it's like she doesn't actually have the emotions, but what she has is the the phantom pain of having the emotions. Yeah, she's feeling from a remove. I think that's all part of the stasis that she's stuck in because she she repeats patterns because she doesn't have the ability to process what's happening. She 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 sees a life or death threat to the horde because that's what she sees everything as and you know it it has been the forsaken have been in a horrible situation since she tried to get the alliance to help them and the alliance were like you know killing her messengers as soon as she sent them you know she knew from the beginning uh nobody will treat us as equals no one will treat us the way this they would treat the living
0: entirely hopeless impossible cause
1: which is what she does
0: yep all so, right so like
1: so i said good character, good character good character I uh, think she's evil as heck, and you know, as a person playing the game, don't care f- to, like to to see stories with her the way other people do. I'm not like excited as a like a hater and...
0: though. She's a yeah. really interesting character. Very she's interesting. Just a really very interesting character. Interesting and useful. Yeah, she's
1: very useful to Wolves' narrative. I don't want to see her go. I don't want to see her dead because then the story potential is lost.
0: Okay, we're already over time here, so we need to go ahead and wrap this up. <laughs> <laughs> However, again, if you enjoy our show, consider checking out CuriosityStream at BlizzardWatch.com slash Curiosity. You can watch over 1,500 science, history, tech, and nature documentaries. You can sign up for a one-week free trial. Subscriptions start at $2.99 a month, and new shows are added every week. You can find them, again, at BlizzardWatch.com slash Curiosity. Every new subscription supports our show and everything that we do. Uh, Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at Patreon.com slash Blizzard Watch, and your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to drive and grow blizzard watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue and an ads free site experience
1: thank you very much Ann. uh this has been the blizzard watch podcast if you have an email for the show please send it to podcast at with podcast or blizzard watch in the subject line thank you guys so much for listening and we'll be here next week